Hi there, my name is Simon. My name is Jana. And my name is Mbui. And this is the first of our new podcast series, Waking Up in South Africa, Mindfulness-Informed Conversations. We've been planning the series for many months now and had a wonderful structure in mind. Um, we had dedicated studio space set up and COVID-19 has made those best laid plans dissipate overnight. So we now find ourselves doing this, um, our first podcast on Zoom. So you might find a slight fluctuation in the audio quality, which we'll do our best to edit out. And uh, we, of course, are realizing that the topics we had, some of them very helpful and others not that helpful in the current environment. Um, so we will do our very best to keep up to speed with the curve of what is happening so rapidly to ensure that we can really use this podcast series as a way to disseminate information about mindfulness, to introduce and engage around mindfulness practices that might be especially useful at this time, um, to make it accessible in a way both linguistically and culturally, to demythologize a lot about what mindfulness is and isn't through the lens of what is arising and what is occurring in these very turbulent times. We had a, a remarkable and uh, fantastic conference about a year ago, uh, which seems like a lifetime ago actually, in which we were able to deal and grapple with some very substantial issues uh, from issues around trauma and race and land and diversity and connection. And what we found to a person in the room was that the way that this is held, the way that we relate to these really difficult and emotionally charged concepts and issues is made enormously different if we can be present, if we can be embodied, if we can be compassionate, if we can be patient, if we can listen deeply to each other, if we can remain in contact with ourselves, the content might not change, but how we relate and hold to that content, uh, relate and hold that content becomes very different. And the level and depth of the conversation becomes much more substantial, uh, much more connecting, and ultimately much more healing. So it is our intention and has always been our intention to extend the range of conversation by using the vehicle of a podcast uh, to disseminate, explore, inquire as widely as possible. What does it mean to have a mindfulness-based approach to living, uh, a mindfulness-based approach to the issues of our time? but from a uniquely South African and, by extension, even an African perspective. So I welcome all of you, wherever you are, to this new series. It's a huge, steep learning curve for all of the three of us, and um, we hope that it's going to bring depth and value and meaning and substance to your uh, practice and exploration of mindfulness. So I'd like to um, kick off by just um, first of all saying it's so delightful and such a privilege to be sharing this co-hosting space with two of my colleagues and friends, um, Mbui and Yana. So I'd really like to 
give you just a few minutes space, each of you, to just share a little bit about um, what brought you uh, to be involved in this podcast and, more importantly, what resonates for you about the series? What really speaks to you? What feels meaningful uh, about participating as a co-host in this in this Waking Up series? Mbui, maybe you can kick off and share your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, thank you, Simon. Thank you for making this possible. I think it's always been our vision to make this work, seeing that the world is moving towards a digital space. There are many podcasts out there, and it's an awesome opportunity for us being part of IMISA, the Institute of Mindfulness in South Africa, to be in this podcast and yeah, so I'm very excited to be part of the series and I hope this is going to be a platform for us to come together from diverse backgrounds and be able to model like how we can have mindful conversations. And I actually like the name Mindfulness Informed Conversations. And I hope this is going to be a platform where we model for people who are listening how to have those conversations. Thank you. Yana, what, what, uh, what speaks to you? How is this landing and moving through you, this subject? I feel very grateful to be here with both of you at this time. And I'm excited about the potential of mindfulness to help us speak through, move through, navigate a very uncertain real-world situation. Mindfulness for me is not just a personal practice for the development of self-awareness and self-compassion, but also a relational practice which can inform the way that we make contact with others and the spaces that we move through. I am feeling hopeful that these unfolding conversations, explorations through this podcast both offer reflection points for the listeners from our South African perspectives, but also that they provide tools that anyone can integrate into their own lives. Little moments of mindfulness-based practice that I can speak for myself really help me to move a little more gracefully through the unknown. I'm really excited that the podcast as a medium makes mindfulness more accessible so that anywhere, anyone, anywhere can tune in and it's not limited to being in the same room at the same time. So I want to um, pick up this, some, of, one of the, some of the themes that are even in the introduction of you know, making contact and um, becoming present and not only you know, becoming present to others and becoming aware with, of, of the very challenging realities, first by kind of into coming into contact with ourselves. 
And, and, and ironically, we, of course, we are in a position increasingly, you know, by the time this podcast gets launched into the public sphere, we might very well be in lockdown. We're currently pre-lockdown. Many of you who are listening outside of South Africa might already be in a lockdown. So we are facing these challenges of, of how to be in relationship to ourselves and how to be in relationship to each other in new and creative ways. And in this, this question of, of how does presencing and mindfulness, being grounded and aware in our present experience support this? This is, this is a question that we can all explore together. So as I was saying in the introduction, we, we had all these wonderful topics, which, which were wonderful topics. Yeah. Useful. Interesting. Yeah. And we, we, we spent a good couple of months, didn't we? The three of us, like yeah. how, how we could, could progress it in a clever way. Um, and here we find ourselves in a pandemic and it feels like the interesting, the topic that we want to introduce in our second session, which we're going to bring to now is um, the topic of reacting as opposed to responding to what is occurring. Hmm. And these are just words, of course. And um, I'd like to just speak very briefly to that and then really would love to hear um, from Yana and Mbui a little bit more of a kind of personalizing of how you are experiencing that at the moment with all that is unfolding, with all that's going on. Um, so reacting is a is an internal orientation of the mind and the brain and the body and behavior, which is based on patterning that most of the time we don't see. It's like it's a path that has been well-trodden that we're just very used to. We just keep walking down until we're so used to walking down that path that we don't even know that we're walking down it anymore. And these patterns tend to be mindless. In other words, we're not aware or attending to them, and they tend to be on automatic. Many of you will uh, appreciate if you have a car, and for those of you who, have, who drive, um, driving from point A to point B and getting two-thirds of the way through the journey and suddenly becoming aware that you're in a car driving, but like, where have you been the previous two-thirds of the journey? So that would be an example, and we have that, all those micro moments through the day where we tend to be on autopilot in a sense, desensitized from the world. Responding is an opportunity to become aware, to wake up, to be mindful, to become present in the here and now to this tendency of being lost in an automatic mode of mind, an automatic mode of body. And as we become aware of this, then in the next moment, we have an opportunity to make more choice, to act from a different place. And in this time of global crisis, the tendency as a result of the intensity and the shock and the complete novelty of what is occurring day by day means that we are very likely to move into an automatic and mindlessly reactive patterning. So the question is, how can mindfulness then help us in these times? How can it be supportive of us making wiser decisions? I think of um, our leaders at the moment who are 
having to integrate and consider extraordinarily complex information, huge amounts of uncertainty and ambiguity, and make decisions in this moment which have implications for tens of millions of people. And we pause and acknowledge how extraordinarily difficult that is. And in the micro moments for each of us, we're having to make decisions. What is the place from which we make decisions? That from which we act as opposed to react. So maybe we can just start to lean into this topic by beginning to actually personalize. How is this showing up for, well, for all three of us, really? How are you experiencing these patterns of reaction? How are you engaging with them? How does that uh, approach of being mindful and then responding differently, can you sense that? Is it helpful? So, you know, let's see what's in the room right now as we sit with each other. What is, um, what is happening for you in your lives? How are you dealing with this uncertainty? How are you? Mm. Yeah, Simon, as, as you were talking about um, re reacting and responding. So I noticed a few weeks ago, so today is the 23rd of March, and a week ago I was in a training and I was sharing with friends. We were talking actually about what's happening in the country. And as we were talking about it, I caught myself in this reactive mind, the thinking mind. We were talking about what's happening in Australia at the time, the panic buying shops running out of toilet papers. And I actually caught myself in that reacting mind, in reaction, thinking about what do I have in my own house? Actually planning my trip to the shop because there were already videos in circulation here in the country showing people actually fighting over toilet paper, people queuing up in, in supermarkets, long queues. So I also caught myself saying, okay, as soon as I leave this training, how, how will I travel to the shops? When am I actually taking that journey to the shops? So I noticed this. I noticed it as thinking. But at the time, without mindfulness, I could see how I was taking, I was identifying with it, mm -hmm. how, how it was true at that moment for me that I need to actually go to the shops. And actually, if I was not in that training, I think it was going to be my next step. But... Um, just a checking in with myself, this mindful bell that I have cultivated through the practice of mindfulness kicked in. Um, just listening to, to the thinking mind and noticing it as, as just thinking and noticing that I'm having thoughts. And in the middle of those thoughts, in the midst of those thoughts, there's also a physical sensation, a visceral sensation around my chest area, my heart pounding as well, and, and panic, anxiety, not knowing, not knowing actually. It's, it's more about uncertainty, not knowing if when I go, go to the shops, there, there's going to be toilet paper. So, so that's, that's mm. the reaction that I mm. caught myself in. And the mm. response was just seeing through that, being with what's happening right now, which is just that thinking and um, physical sensations and the feeling tone of mm. anxiety. Yeah. Mm. 
And and uh, and at some point you did go to the shop and get toilet paper then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was not stocking up on toilet paper. <laughs> so this is a very important thing to notice: is that there's nothing wrong with going to get toilet paper or whatever mm. it is that is needed, but it's the place from which you do it. You know, it's what's striking for me about that is uh, what you say. It's like I didn't go and stock up on toilet paper. That would have been the fear-driven and a mindless reaction. Yeah, which is means that it would have been a loss of awareness of other. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like it would have been me being taken over, being swept over by my thoughts, mm. which um, I notice at some points in my life when this mindlessness kicks in or, or when I'm not mindful. Mm. I notice how I just follow my thoughts, just identify with them without awareness, clear awareness of what's happening right now. Right. and all the time what's happening right now it's me breathing thinking and sensing my my feeling tones and and mm. what's happening in the body right now great but it is also it is also striking and boy that that by by not reacting in that moment by recognizing where you were there was an immediate without even thinking about like holding the bigger picture in in awareness like mm. i'm not going to go buy all the toilet paper in, implicitly is that there are other people who also need that product. Yeah. So, yeah, the rea- yeah, it's, so it's, by coming out of reactivity, something shifts also in your awareness of other, which is what Yana was speaking to in her introduction. Mm. Thank you. Mm. And I'm curious, Mbui, is this retrospectively that you kind of notice that you were in that kind of sticky, reactive uh, mind loop or at the time, are you aware of it, but you just can't quite break it? Mm. So, so for me, it, it, it happens on different levels, Diana. So at that particular, with that particular example, so I was able to notice it as, as I was planning in my mind. Maybe when it started, there was no awareness. I, I was not mindful when the thinking mind started planning but a few seconds in there was just this awareness of oh okay what's happening right now and a noticing of my heart beating very fast mm-hmm. and it's 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 through the the practice of mindfulness through my long time practice that I'm able to check in with my body and it's sort of like noticing when my heart is beating very fast and that being an alarm bell to check in what's really happening right now. And th- there's always something happening in the body. So at that particular point, as I was saying, I could notice the panic and the anxiety um, in the body. It, it, it was my heart beating really fast. And when I was noticing my thinking mind, there was planning of something that's going to be happening after the training. So I was actually, to answer your question, I was actually able to notice it in real time. I was just off by a few seconds. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. Mm. I might um, just add where that question came from. I feel like what's happening for me at the moment, um, at this time of for my, myself, heightened anxiety, I kind of get stuck in the, I, I can see it. I can see the patterning. I can see that I'm getting stuck and um, frenzied. 
And I almost choose, it's, it's almost that I choose to be there or I don't know how to disengage it. So I'll be doing an action like opening another tab or reading another article, um, having more coffee and being knowing that this isn't going to help, but kind of watching myself do it. So it's not like I'm unaware of the habit pattern or the reactivity, but there's still, it still has a, a, a gravitas. Um, so it's quite an interesting space to be in. And then at points like that, what, what I'm finding helpful is to just maybe reach out or say to the person I'm living with, um, this is happening and, I don't, and, I, and I'm aware of it, but I don't know how to snap out. And then it can help to almost just break it a little bit. Mm. Um, Jana, what, what, I wonder what happens for you when say you reach out to somebody you're living with, a partner or a friend or a family member, in the midst of that a patterning kind of looping, as you say, and then there's some sense of awareness that it's looping, but you can't get out of the loop. You're going yeah. round and round, and then you kind of reach out, and then what happens? What do you notice thereafter? Uh, a lot of emotions. <laughs> that maybe I've been unwilling to feel on my own. Yeah. So, yeah, almost like for me, that clambering of filling my brain with stuff or activity is a way to almost pull myself out of the the deep. (laughs) Hmm. Um, So there's kind of, yeah, in in reaching out and and opening up the space, that feels safe maybe with somebody else or maybe in a change of scenery or just being able to pause. It's then this kind of sinking into the feelings. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Thank you. I, I love how you've been able to kind of um, uh, clarify how the movement of your mind uh, and some awareness of it, because what you know, we on a, a Zoom video, so I can see when you said that you were pointing to your head. <laughs> on a podcast, nobody's going to see that, so I'll just say people were point. Yana was pointing to her head at that point. Everybody, and uh, and then the, this kind of um, willingness to reach out, and then a realization that beneath this movement of incessant working out or thinking or, was feeling and and emotion. Which I would imagine not easy feeling an emotion, unpleasant or or painful or difficult, yeah. Mm. Extremely visceral, Mm. yeah. Mm. So Mbui was talking about the visceral in a sense of like sensation, like heart pounding. And you're talking about visceral in a sense of like deep emotion. You know, I had an experience a few days ago when um, it was a difficult family conversation. Some difficult information was being shared in in relation to this um, pandemic, and and uh, my stepson was um, eating something from a plastic cup, and and as this information, he was like scraping out the smoothie or whatever it was that he was eating, and the spoon was scraping against the side of the cup, and I felt myself get so angry and irritated. Um, around this innocuous sound, which I wouldn't probably not even have noticed. And I, I realized in that and I could feel myself wanting to snap. And in fact, I did in that moment. And I asked him to stop. I didn't go, you know, extreme, but it was like, you know, please stop. 
I, I couldn't, it was almost too much. The sensation of sound, the sense of sound elicited such a strong emotional reaction. And I realized in that moment, as you said, Yana, that, that there's there a lot of emotion that I was sitting on rather than recognizing. And, and as soon as I did, I, I could acknowledge the feeling. There was something, something opened up. I wonder if you found that, or either of you have found that, when, when you can acknowledge that you, that especially now with the, the immense uh, stress and shock of everything, what happens when you acknowledge how you're feeling emotionally? You know, how is that working for you? Yeah, so, so for me, there's this opening up um, there's this clearing around the chest between the, the stomach area and the chest area. That's where I experience my anxiety. So upon this realization of what's happening right now, this noticing that, oh, there's a thinking that's going on or there are sensations that are uncomfortable right now. I notice a clearing up around the chest area and that uh, clearing up uh, creates some spaciousness and some clarity and it actually creates time because in this particular instance, it was like as I was thinking about it, I noticed another thought around why am I here? Why am I even here in this training? If I was at home, then I, I would be doing the shopping. So that there was a strong pull towards not being in that space. Mm. But upon that realization, there was just an opening up of space and, and just clarity and just seeing that I'm here, actually, I'm here mm. right now. Mm. And this is what I'm actually doing. I'm in this training right now. So there's this clarity, there's spaciousness, there's time. It's, so to, it's sort of like everything opens up. Mm. So, so there's a sense of, well, my mind wants to be out of the space shopping for toilet paper. And the actuality is I'm in this training doing a training. And, and the capacity to kind of recognize the mind wanting to be there while your body and your feeling self is here. And honoring that mm. leads to a kind of a sense of opening and spaciousness. Yeah. Yeah, no, you were you were gonna offer something around your how you um are finding this kind of honoring or acknowledging of difficult feelings. Mm. So I relate to what you're saying, Mbui, in terms of a spaciousness and uh for me and, and also you spoke about time. Um, kind of opening up to there is enough time or that's how I understood you and for me it feels a little bit like that too because when things start to spin it's like there's this unbelievable amount of pressure that everything has to be done now and resolved and understood and I mean my list of things to in response to what's going on at the moment and and the pressure I put on myself to to get all of them ticked off, all these like communication with people, checking in with that person, doing the shopping, getting the firewood, reading the news, da 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 da. It creates this incredible amount of pressure, and then 
at these times this past week where I have actually just put it on hold and dropped and yeah, just kind of sunk into that I'm doing my best Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that I don't actually have the answers and Mm -hmm. that maybe it's actually the appropriate response to not have words yet and to not be able to coherently put it all together because the external world as I know it at least is dissolving and so I can try and clutch to all these bits and hold some kind of understanding of it but or I can just surrender to this collective initiation (laughs) that we're all in you know and For me as a teacher, I teach yoga and I teach dance and I teach art. I think it's added another level of of self-imposed pressure that I somehow need to be able to offer something at this time. You know, at least this is my plan. (laughs) This is my, this is how we're going to adapt. And I haven't been able to word it. Mm. Um, And so yeah, it's been very, very useful to to find ways to express all of this um, that are not verbal, mm-hmm. and to I think I was I was going to say earlier when someone was speaking that with so much up at the moment, it's also been important to adapt what my what my practice is because i've tried to to do i've tried to do my yoga for example and uh, at i've found that it's much been difficult to go at it the same as i had previously um, because my mind is so busy and there is a lot of anxiety so it's been quite important to really soften my practice even to take it maybe outside into the forest or to make it shorter so that I can and make it just about breathing and not about too much structure. Mm. Um, And I'm just talking personally. And I think what I'm really trying to say is that it's been about adapting my approach and softening into this time, which is unprecedented, unknown, mm-hmm. um, mm. and sort of finding eventually at times when I, when I allow myself to just pause and look at everything, the compassion for the scramble that I'm feeling internally. Mm. Um, yeah, so we, we, we kind of now leaning into some aspects of practice, the, the qualities of softening of of compassion, of kindness, of um, adapting, of being flexible. Um, for some of you who are listening, you will be familiar and already have a mindfulness practice. Or other, others of you will have come across this podcast and not have a practice but have interest. It's our intention over the next weeks and months to, to slowly and progressively introduce aspects of mindfulness practice that that might serve to be useful right in this very moment, for example, wherever you are, wherever you you are listening and whatever you're doing, it really might be helpful that we pause 
And what that means is not that the world pauses or your mind stops or you suddenly have no feelings or your body disappears. Pause in the sense of coming in and down out of the incessant movement of having to work it all out, having to get it right, having to be brave and strong. Can we collectively and individually just simply acknowledge in this moment, how am I doing? With the intention to simply allow that quality of body, of emotional feeling or the mental state or mood to just be seen for what it is. We don't have to run after any particular state or run away from any particular state, even if it's really distressing. The paradox of this approach we will explore is that by being with things as they are, where we are, we actually come into a deeper grounding, a softening. So is it possible amidst this whirlwind, this tsunami, this hurricane of not knowing, of uncertainty, of novelty, of complexity, of fear, right in this moment, right amidst that, acknowledge, how am I right now? Nothing needs to be done about that. So th these moments of pausing, we, we can practice through the day. There's, there's nothing that needs to, you don't need any training in it. You just need to pause. And the thing that you most need to do to pause is to remember to pause. So we're going to we're going to drop various tips and we're going to share a few more in a, in a few minutes. That one of the other ways to really help to ground us in these times of of of, uh, of shock and and of newness and and of um, uncomfortable feelings and readjusting is to take a few minutes out of your day. And and boy, it would be wonderful if you could just offer a few minutes of of grounding and centering of a, of a mindfulness practice. If you'd be willing to bring that into, into the episode today. Mm. Um, so I, I'm going to do this in closer. Um, so yeah, one of the reasons why we, decided to do this podcast is that we are also trying to reach out to as many people as we can. And so I think it would make sense to do this lending or just this checking in meditation, pausing, Kumanje, 
in case you hear me a bit. Thank you. Yeah, so Simon, as you were talking about pausing, there's also another practice that I've been, <laughs> I've actually picked up actually uh, with a lot of fake news coming in. So I've been noticing a lot of articles coming in and this reaction and responding that we we're talking about earlier. So I've been noticing that it's easy when I get an article to just believe it without inquiring into it, into what's happening. So I regard that as the reaction mind, like just reacting to what is presented to me. And I liken it to my thoughts sometimes that just come in and then I just take them like that to be true without actually inquiring into them. So a practice that I've been doing is whenever I get an article, whenever friends share with me articles and voice notes on WhatsApp, I take a moment to pause and check in, like just go online and verify the sources. It's the same thing that happens to me when thoughts take over. Sort of like there are fake news. These thoughts come in as fake news. And, and I just take them to be true, which is actually what the animal brain does. So when we are in fight, flight, or freeze, we just believe our thoughts because we are in survival mode at that point. Our body is doing our best for us to survive. And right now, that's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in moments of not knowing and sometimes it might feel like survival mode. So uh, I'm seeing a need to check in, to pause and inquire into my thoughts the same way that I inquire into articles that are shared with me. So that's one way to, that's one analogy that I use for, for these intrusive thoughts mm. that um, bring about reactions instead of responses. It's like fake news that come in. And the only way to actually work with fake news is by pausing and verifying the, the, the source. <laughs> I love that. What a beautiful thing. <laughs> we both loving that, aren't we, Yana? The fake oh news God. between the left and the right ear <laughs> mirrors mm -hmm. the fake news out there. Wonderful. Yana, have you got any practices that you're finding in your daily round that you're finding useful? Mind, basic mindfulness practice? I am finding it useful to, as I said earlier, practice nonverbal expression. <laughs> so, what does that mean for you in moving, a kind of sick, moving? Dancing to music, um, making art. Um, I've been working with collage very spontaneously, just sort of scanning through magazines, finding images and putting them together and then 
and then decoding <laughs> what's going on. And I found that very helpful. Um, Any specific mindfulness-based practices that um, in, in momentary that you think that the listenership of this podcast will be able to access whether they have access to music or art material or not, that, that is actually um, kind of a simple accessible practice. So I've been finding it very helpful to be in nature, which is very much a privilege in for those who are living in Cape Town and have access to the forest. Um, having a, sh- a hot shower and just feeling the hot water washing off me and, and sort of taking me into my senses. Mm. It's been helpful to, yeah, just bring my, bring myself to the ground in very uh, basic ways like that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I, I found particularly useful these moments of pausing, but but specifically taking some intentional breaths. So it's it's um it requires a remembering and a bringing attention to the breathing, and then actually breathing a little bit deeper than normal. In fact, maybe the listeners could do that right now, breathing in through the nose, and you can do it with me, the two of you, and then just breathe out slowly through the mouth. Just let the air go all the way out to the very end and beyond, following the out-breath into the body just for two or three breaths. Just feeling how the body responds to that out-breath. I found that a very, very useful and accessible mindfulness tool. And the other one that is is just to, again, it requires us remembering, it's just like look out the window if I can't go outside, some people won't be able to go outside, or if you can go out, it's just look up. Look up. There's, there you will see the sky. And just let the, the visual impact of the sky just fall into your awareness. Mm-hmm. And there are clouds or there's rain or, you know, it would be great if there was rain too. That would be an added bonus. <laughs> we could take a bit of rain. Um, but there's something, you know, there's the sky, there's color, there's, there's movement. And then even if you are able to go even just a, a step outside where you're living and look up and, and whatever the weather is will have some corresponding sensation on your skin. If it's dry and hot that will have a sensation on your skin if it's cold and wet, if it's breezy, if it's windy. So uh, I find those mindful moments of just pausing, looking at nature and then seeing with the eyes and feeling with the skin if you can. And Bui, I know you had uh, you shared with me before we started the recording another wonderful uh, mindfulness practice, which um, I think everybody's gonna, <laughs> everybody's doing, right? Yeah, the washing of the hands. So it's just noticing when one is washing their hands, sanitizing their hands, just using that as a mindfulness bell, just to check in with what's happening right now. I'm washing my hands, feeling the water on your skin, the temperature of the water. And also after that um, 30 seconds of washing, 
you can also just check in with your body what's happening right now. What's happening right now. And what's happening right now is actually checking in with your thinking. What's happening in my thinking mind? What's happening in my body? The mm. sensations in my body, the feeling tone. And, and not getting lost in those, but just noticing what's happening. And it's actually helpful to say when you answer this question of what's happening right now, I notice, I mm. notice a thought. I notice a body sensation. I notice an emotion. Hmm. Just noticing things as they are, seeing things as they are. And also there's a an, an app. It's called Mindful, Mindful, the Mindfulness Bell. So we, what I like about it is that if you download it and you install it, you can just set it to random and the bells just go off anytime, random times. So when those bells go off, they are actually very annoying to <laughs> family members if you stay with people. <laughs> but those moments of annoyance can be moments for you to check in with yourself what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. So people will notice that in these times, in these difficult times, that there are lots of those visceral reactions in the body when you are watching news but that's also an opportunity to check in with yourself what's really happening right now mm, wonderful so we, we will maybe sum up in a moment some of these tools and I, I think maybe just another layer to add and and I, and I particularly would love to focus on this hand washing because you know it's I'm a, I'm a medical doctor so I'm, I'm used to hand washing you know, it's one thing you learn studying medicine is like, you know, wash your hands. And now it's becoming like everybody's becoming like little mini surgeons with their hand washing technique. Um, so as Mbui says, we can bring attention to the physical sensations, just like with Yana describing in the shower, just in a much more focused way to the hands and the water and the soap and the drying and remembering that what will happen while you're doing that is that you will lose touch with the sensations. You will become, we all become lost in thinking while we're washing our hands. So the more you practice this as a technique, as a tool, the more you'll notice, oh, I'm washing my hands, but my mind is somewhere else. I'm not in hand washing. I'm in like, what are we going to have for supper? Should I go buy toilet paper? I can't believe what they wrote in that article in the Daily Maverick. Did you see that YouTube clip? That voice notice freaked me out. Oh, my God, we, this is so hectic. Whatever it is, the mind is going to be moving. Don't try to stop the mind from having thoughts. Recognize when you are inside them. Then draw your attention, shepherd your, guide your attention into the sensation of hand washing. Guiding our attention into the sensation of showering or bathing, or washing your face in the morning, guiding your sensations to the breath, your attention to the breath, guiding attention to the sight of the sky. The only, nobody who ever practices mindfulness in this way has to learn how to pay attention. What we have to learn is how to remember to pay attention. What we have to learn is to recognize that we have been not paying attention. And I think in the context of now, 
it's it's such an important lesson to learn because we all having to be so conscious about everything that we touch, mm. everything that we exchange, the way that we move through space. And it's like there's this call for us to become so much more aware of mm. the micro moments of the day. And it's so fascinating to be so conscious and hyper-conscious because we it's being drilled in and then realize, oh, flip, but I forgot that I touched that and I put that there. And there's like so much to be aware of all the time. Mm-hmm. And I like that way of looking at this whole thing, that, mm-hmm. that there is also a huge opportunity to just become more conscious. Mm-hmm. More attentive, yeah. More awake. Yeah. This is and, I, I love uh, how John Kabat-Zinn talks about that in full catastrophe living, the remembering. And he says remembering is remembering. So it's sort of like we, we go off with our thoughts and then there's just this remembering. So rejoining or, or insight into what's happening right now. So, mm-hmm. so I love that remembering and mm. because i've noticed with myself that when i touch my, my my face there's this consciousness that comes back like there's this remembering with mm. my consciousness that oh actually that's not a, a good thing to do at this time mm. touching off your face mm. and so, then boy, yeah when so, you were right when you were off in your mind getting toilet paper while you were running your your workshop or your your training yeah as you became aware of that and you remembered, you actually implicitly became part of the larger membership and didn't go out and buy yes. all the toilet paper. You didn't even yes. have to make that decision. It was autumn. That was implicit wisdom right there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So there, there, there are many ways that we can practice. And I, and I really resonate very deeply with what you're saying, Yana, about this. We have to be high, pay attention to so many things and perhaps the, it's not only the um, paying attention, but maybe paying attention with increasing qualities of kindness. I, I don't know about you, but I'm noticing when I have been out shopping, I went shopping for food on Saturday and there's this hypervigilant attention and like walking past somebody with a weariness and a, and a kind of even fear or like, don't come too close. Don't come too close. Why are you coming too close? And so there it's a tension, but, but it's, there's tension in that attention. And perhaps one of the elements that we can deepen in our exploration moving into our next episode of, of how, can we, how can we infuse this paying attention with these deepening qualities of, uh, that you've both, and we've all alluded to, but both of you in particular, of softening and spaciousness and, and opening and, and compassionating as we pay attention to all these multiple moments, these micro moments that are part of our new reality so um before we just do a brief checkout um thank you everybody who's um taken the time to listen and to download the podcast you can subscribe to the podcast and you can offer us feedback about what subjects you'd like to explore what you've thought what we can improve on and we're on a very steep learning trajectory um, we could say exponential but that probably that's not a good word to use at the moment <laughs> Um, share the podcast if it resonates with your friends the more people that we can reach and be in service to and um, give access to the simple grounding 
uh, wise and accessible practice, I think the better for, for everyone. Um, we are planning to um, let this podcast series develop its own life. We have any number of topics that we had thought to cover, but we're going to use the core um, intention or the direction of sensing and responding. So we're going to sense uh, what is happening and over the next few days as things are changing very quickly based on the feedback from those who listen and then respond as we move into the subsequent episodes, sensing and responding in service of the whole. So it's been a, a real, uh, oh, real adventure to step into this with, uh, with the two of you. And uh, just if any final words of how you are in this moment and um, as we close out this first episode. Yana and Boye. Well, I would like to just acknowledge the safety that I feel in simple conversation and being able to be here in this present moment to be heard and to listen and to experience what emerges in relationship mm -hmm. uh, it feels very grounding in itself when so much of the physical world as I know it is changing so rapidly and yeah simple connection really feels like an anchor at the moment and it also brings me into this feeling of safety in this moment mm -hmm. rather than getting caught up in what might be to come mm -hmm. so thank you so yeah I'm, I'm also feeling happy that we we came together and as we were recording, uh, I felt safety and I felt this opening that uh, I was talking about in the inquiry, this opening compassion for myself and compassion for others as well, insight into what happens, like what a reaction does to someone, what leads to panic buying. That's just compassion that I'm feeling towards all of those things. So I'm looking forward to sitting with you two again. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just excited that we have started doing this. Thank you. I'm feeling um, a relief, <laughs> the relief that we've actually started and that um, I'm feeling a, a groundedness um, and an appreciation for both of you and for the opportunity to, to give voice um, to the passion that we, sh that we all share for waking up, uh, for becoming present. And I'm excited about the, the possibilities of, of how this might unfold. Um, I also acknowledge some, like a deeper layer of anxiety around uh, all the huge uncertainty um, that is moving through for all of us. And I also feel part, I feel remembered. I feel that I'm reminded of um, I'm a member of the human community. And uh, that feels, um, that feels um, very nourishing in this moment. 
So we look forward to meeting up again in episode two, um, topic to emerge. Um, you can direct any uh, queries or feedback to uh, Lynn Gordon at Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E at mindfulness.org.za. And we look forward to hearing from you and speaking to you again soon. Be well, everybody, and take care.